Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner and my friends, I've been waiting for you. Thank you for letting me come into your space. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. It's going to be so wonderful. That's the reason why I have this big bowl of delicious grapes here. These grapes are so juicy and so delicious. They are just luscious. Everyone enjoys a good grape. And in the same way, when you begin to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, what you produce will be so luscious that people will keep coming back to eat from your tree. They'll come back for another helping and another serving. You'll have more friends than you know what to do with because they will enjoy what you're producing in your life. We're talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is so much better than the works of the flesh. And I want you to order my whole series, which is called The Works of the Flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit you choose. Death permeated works or supernatural life-giving fruit. I know that you want to produce supernatural life-giving fruit. So order your 10-part series today. It comes in multiple formats and it comes with a study guide that is enormous. It is just loaded with everything in these programs so that you can read it while you hear it or while you see it and really reinforce this teaching down deep in your life. I know you want to become a fruit producer. And also right now we're offering you my daily devotional, which is called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one. The subtitle says 365 Greek word studies for every day of the year to sharpen your understanding of God's word. But the truth is in these 365 devotionals, there are more than 1,000 Greek word studies. It will just make the New Testament come alive for you. And if you already have volume one, then you can order volume two. Volume two is also sparkling gems from the Greek. Volume two, 365 gems to equip and empower you for victory every day of the year. You can order all of this by going to renner.org or by giving us a call right now. And the moment you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone. The subtitle says, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. I'm not prophesying a bad time to you. You're probably already having some challenges. This book will help you know how to survive, thrive, and overcome in the midst of any difficult situation. And when you become a partner, we're going to send you this book, and we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. We always send these two books to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. So become a partner today. Just give us a call or go online right now to become a partner. And please, if you have a prayer need in your life, let us know how to pray for you. We really want to hear from you. We want the phone to ring right now or for your email to show up in our inbox so we can release our faith with you for God to move in your life. We know what it means to need somebody to pray with us. We understand that. And if you need somebody to pray with you, we are people that will really pray with you because we know what it means to need somebody to get into agreement with us. So we'll get into agreement with you and believe for God to move marvelously in your life. So give us a call or send us your email and I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, 
strengthen and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Oh, I'm so glad you've joined me today. Reach for your Bible. We always use the Bible in this program. And today, we're going to return to our anchor verse in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, where the Apostle Paul says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I want to make sure you really understand this verse. When Paul says, This I say then, the Greek says, Lego day. The word Lego means I say. It's very strong, all by itself. It is emphatic. Now hear me, I'm really going to say something to you. But then Paul adds the word day, and the word day is an intensifier. It describes something that's absolute, something that is indisputable. You could say it's emphatic or categorical. So you could actually translate the verse, now hear me, I'm telling you indisputably. I'm telling you categorically. I'm telling you absolutely and emphatically. What's he telling us? Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The word walk is the Greek word peripatau. The word peri describes a circle or a general vicinity. The word patel means to walk, but when you compound the two words together, it means to habitually walk around in one particular vicinity, which means walking in the Spirit is not what we do from time to time or from hit and miss but we can do it regularly and habitually. And in fact, this word peripatel, which here is translated walk in newer translations, is correctly translated live. We can live in the Spirit. Now, I can just hear you saying, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. The Bible says you can. The Apostle Paul calls us to it. If he calls us to it, it means it is attainable. We can regularly, habitually walk in the Spirit to the point that we live in this realm. And Paul says, you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The Greek says you absolutely will not, which means walking in the spirit is the guaranteed way to make sure you do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The word flesh, the Greek word sarkos, which describes the flesh. It describes the carnal nature or base fleshly instincts. And the RIV of Galatians 5.16 is as follows. Make the path of the Spirit the place where you habitually live and walk. Habitually. Become so comfortable on this spiritual path that you learn to leisurely and peacefully stroll along in that realm. Living your life in this spirit realm is the best way to guarantee that you will not allow the yearnings of your flesh to creep out and fulfill themselves. That is what God is calling us to. And then Paul tells us what the flesh produces in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, and it's just awful. Listen to this. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like or other things like these. That is what the flesh produces. 
But then when you come to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, we have an alternative. We see what the Holy Spirit wants to produce in us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. But notice how Paul begins in verse 22. He says, the fruit of the Spirit. The reason fruit is produced is because of a seed. And we saw in the last program in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, that when we were born again, we were born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. When we called Jesus the Lord of our life, the Holy Spirit came in and brought the seed of God into us. And in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 9, that seed is identified by the Greek word sperma, which is the word for seed or sperm. It means when the Holy Spirit came into us, it was like the divine sperm of God was injected into our human spirits. And now in us is the DNA of God, the life of God, the character of God, the behavior of God, the power of God. It's all right here today, resident inside me, and it's resident inside you. And just like an apple seed always produces an apple and an orange seed always produces an orange because the seed of God has been placed inside you, you are to produce the life of God in your life. You carry that inside you if you're born again. But in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, Paul lists the first fruit that God wants to produce in our life. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Just say the word love. Well, when you study the Greek language, you find that there are four words to describe love. The word eros, which is a sexual love. I'm going to explain this to you in just a moment. Secondly, there is the Greek word stergo, which describes a love for family. It's a very limited, restricted kind of love. The word phileo, which is a love that is based on mutual satisfaction. And fourthly, there is the word agape. That's the word which we find in Galatians 5.22. It's a love with no strings attached. It is the highest kind of love. But let's begin with the word eros. The word eros is never found in the New Testament. It is the word for sexual love, and it is where we get the word for something that is erotic. It shares a root with a Greek word which means to demand, to beg, or to request. And it tells us that erotic love is usually a carnal kind of love that's not thinking about somebody else. It's thinking about itself. It's thinking about what it can get. It begs. It demands. It requests. It's a very low-level kind of love. It may be sensually pleasurable just for a few moments. But eros love is primarily focused on itself. And even in the Greek world of the first century, this word was used to describe a very low-level kind of love. But in the New Testament, regardless of whether the context is friendship or brotherhood or romance, all believers are to aspire to agape because agape is a giving kind of love. Agape always focuses on someone else. It isn't focused on what it can get. And even in our marital lives, we should have agape working in our sexual relationship. We're thinking of what we can give rather than what we can get. That's really what it means. But then we come to the word stergo. This word stergo is used 
in multiple places in the New Testament, but the word stergo primarily describes a love that exists between parents and children or between members of a family. One scholar has noted that this word stergo, the second form of love, could describe the love of a nation for its leader or even, are you ready for this, the love of a dog for its master. It's the picture of devotion and loyalty. And it usually describes the love that exists between members of a family. Then we come to the third word, the Greek word phileo. This is the love which most people know in their life. It's a good kind of a love, but it's not the highest kind of love. The word phileo describes affection such as the affection that is felt between a boyfriend and a girlfriend or the love that is felt, the affection that is felt between two friends. It carries the idea of two or more people who feel compatible, well-matched, well-suited, and complementary to each other. But it is a love based on mutual satisfaction. So if one person suddenly doesn't feel satisfied any longer, this kind of love can be lost. Mm. But then we come to the word agape, and the word agape is what I call high-level love. There's no higher, no finer, no better kind of love than the word agape. And in the New Testament, the word agape is chiefly used to describe the love of God. It is the most high-level kind of love, and the very word used in Galatians 5, verse 22, when the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love. There's no higher, no finer, better kind of love than agape love. And in fact, this word agape is filled with such deep emotion and meaning that it is one of the most difficult words to translate in the New Testament. And trying to explain this word has baffled translators for centuries, but I'm going to give you my attempt at explaining the meaning of the word agape. So hear me carefully. Agape occurs when an individual sees, recognizes, understands, or appreciates the value of an object or person causing the viewer to behold that object or person in great esteem in great awe, admiration, wonder, and sincere appreciation. It just draws something out of the heart. Such great respect is awakened in the heart of the observer for the object or person he is beholding that he's compelled to love it. In fact, his love for that person or object is so strong that it is irresistible. It is an irresistible kind of love. All of that is in this word agape, which is so difficult to translate from the Greek language. And we find the best example of the word agape in John chapter 3, verse 16. And in this famous verse, the Bible says, For God so loved the world. That's the word agape. For God so agape the world. And notice what God did. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And when the Bible says God so loved, this profound love is agape. God so loved the world, which means when God looked upon the human race, he stood in awe of mankind, even though man at that moment was lost in sin. When God looked at man, the agape love of God in his heart caused him to admire man.
He wondered at man. He held man in the highest appreciation. Even though mankind was caught in captivity to Satan and sin, at that moment when God looked upon the world and saw his own image in man, it drew such respect out of the heart of God that God saw the world as being precious. And he loved man so deeply that his heart was stirred to reach out and to do something to demonstrate that love and to save man. And this is very important because agape love is not passive. Agape love always drives one to action. I say it like this. Agape is a love that loves so profoundly that it knows no limits or boundaries in how far, wide, high, or deep it will go to show that love to a recipient. If necessary, agape love will even sacrifice itself for the sake of that object or person it so deeply cherishes. Agape is the highest form of love, a self-sacrificial type of love that moves the lover to action. In contrast, eros is a self-seeking kind of love. Stergo is limited only to your family. It's very restricted. It's very limited. Phileo is based on mutual satisfaction. It can be disappointed. You can walk away from phileo love. But agape, agape is a high-level kind of love that has no strings attached. It isn't looking for what it can get. It's looking for what it can give. It's awe of the one loved is so deep that it is compelled to love that person or object regardless of whether or not they ever respond. It isn't looking for response. It's just looking to love. That is amazing to me. If you're moving in a low level kind of love, When you love and it doesn't come back to you, you may say, that's it, I'm done with this, I'm not giving anymore. But agape love is in charge of itself. It is a love that loves with no strings attached. It is much higher than eros, which is a love that's based on selfishness. It's much higher than stergo, which is restricted by limitations. It's much higher than phileo, which can be disappointed because it's based on mutual satisfaction. Agape is high-level love that has no strings attached, a love that simply loves purely. It is the God kind of love. And it is the very kind of love that we are commanded to walk in in 1 John Chapter 3, verse 16, which says, Hereby perceive we the love of God. That's the word agape. Because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. It means we are to love and we are to appreciate others just as fully and freely as God has loved us. The Father loved us to the point of self-sacrifice. Jesus' agape love drove him to lay down his life for us. And in the same way, we are to agape our brothers and sisters to such an extent that we would be willing to lay our lives down for them. If we're operating in this kind of high-level agape love, if they don't respond the way we wish they would, it won't hurt us and won't disappoint us because we're not looking for what we can get. We're looking for what we can give. And in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, John added, My little children, let us not love in word 
and neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. This word love is again the Greek word agape, which means agape demonstrates itself. It doesn't just talk. Talk is cheap. When agape is really in operation, there's a demonstration. It comes with deeds. It comes with actions. That's the way that agape operates. It does something just as God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And believe it or not, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, when Paul writes, follow after love, that word love is the word agape, which means we have got to make this kind of love the aim and the goal in our life. The word follow in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 means to hotly pursue, which means you've got to really determine to walk in this kind of love. It is the highest kind of love. It is just the opposite of the flesh, which says, I gave to you and you didn't give back to me, so I'm not giving anymore. But high level agape love says, you know what? If you never respond to me, I'm going to love you anyway. I'm not looking for what I can get. I'm looking for what I can give. This is the God kind of of love. It is amazing. And it is the first fruit listed in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And Paul tells us in Galatians 5, verse 16, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can opt to let the fruit of the Holy Spirit work in you. You say, well, oh, I just don't know if I can manifest that kind of love. Of course you can. The Bible says God is Love, that's the word agape. God is agape and his seed is inside you. The love that I'm describing, it's already inside you. It's right here. You just have to release it. Just like an apple produces apples and oranges produce oranges, that seed inside you of love will produce love if you'll choose to release it. But you've got to make the decision to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh and let this seed in you begin to produce the fruit of love. It's yours if you'll release it. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. A life dominated by the flesh is a hard life. It is filled with excess, imbalance, extremity, laziness, self-abuse, hatred, strife, bitterness, irresponsibility, and neglect. The way of the flesh is the hardest route to take. But a life dominated by the Holy Spirit is filled with benefits and blessings. I'm talking about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Don't give way to the flesh and allow it to produce its ugly work in your life. In this series, The Work of the Flesh versus the Fruit of the Spirit, Rick Renner will show you how to identify the works of the flesh, how to stop yielding to the flesh, how to start yielding to the Spirit, how to walk in the Spirit nonstop, how walking in the Spirit can become your realm of existence. This powerful 10-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $20. In addition to this teaching series, you can also get the book Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volumes 1 and 2. In these books, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate and uncompromising life with God in an easy-to-read devotional format. Each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies. Order Sparkling Gems Volume 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems Volume 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer. The series, The Work of the Flesh versus The Fruit of the Spirit and the book Sparkling Gems 1 and Sparkling Gems 2. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. 
Hey friends, this is Rick and Denise Renner with our hard hats. We have to wear them. Because we're standing on our new land in Moscow where we're building the new TV studio. We built a big fence around this property and had to dig the ground out and then fill it with new soil. They've been leveling it. They've been putting in pipes and a French drain around the whole property. And very soon they're going to begin pouring the foundation for the new studio. And from this place, we're gonna film programs that are going to go into people's homes all over the world. They're crying out and they're saying, God, please send us teaching we can trust. And right from this place, can you imagine, Denise, in Russia, we're gonna be broadcasting the teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. It is so exciting. Thank you so much for being a part of the giving team to make all of this happen. And at the same time, they're also getting ready to move into the new building in Tulsa. They're getting it all ready. Wow, it is so amazing what is happening simultaneously on both sides of the world. But friends, it's not about buildings, it's about people. We're doing our part to take the teaching of the Bible into people's homes all over the world. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 10, 21, the lips of the righteous feed many. That's our job. Our team is willing to do the work, but partners put financial fuel into the tank that enable us to do this amazing job. And thank you so much for being a partner. And if you're not yet a part of the giving team to make all of this happen, would you please pray about becoming part of the team to help us do this? We can do it. And together, we're really going to get it done. Oh, it's just so exciting to stand here on this ground, which was dedicated to the Lord. We laid hands on it, we consecrated it, we sanctified it, and now the building is going to begin to go up. And at the same time, we're moving into our new building in Tulsa and renovating it. It's amazing what can happen if everyone works together. And Denise, we could never do this by ourselves. But God has given us the most amazing partners. And because of you, we're able to do this. And I want you to know that when you're a partner with our ministry, we really mean it when we call you a partner and we're praying for you. And again, if you're not a part of the giving team yet, please pray about joining our giving team to cause this miracle here and the miracle in Tulsa to come to pass. And together, we're going to feed people the Word of God all over the planet. Thank you so much for being a part of this project. I can hardly wait to get back tomorrow where we begin to look at the next fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our lives. But please order the entire series, which is called The Works of the Flesh versus The Fruit of the Spirit. You choose death-permeated works or supernatural life-giving fruit. Today, we've been talking about the fruit of love. I know you cannot remember everything I shared with you today, so get the series, and you can order it by going online or by giving us a call, and it comes with a study guide. And be sure to also order my daily devotional, which is called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one, and Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number two. You don't have to order both. You can just order one at a time or order both. If you already have number one, get number two. It doesn't matter which one you begin with because it's a daily devotional. It will walk you into the New Testament and help you understand it like never before. And please remember that if you need prayer, we want you to ring our phone or send us an email so we can begin to release our faith 
for God to do something marvelous and mighty in your life, and He will. And I want to pray for you right now. Father, please help us to make the choice to walk in high-level love. Help us to release the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, not to look for what we can get, but for what we can give to others to manifest the same kind of love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining Rick Renner today. For more information about Rick Renner Ministries and product resources, visit renner.org and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.